Oh boy, do we got some questions for the Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend that was as it was a two first place teams colliding at American Family Field Friday night. That looked nice. Craig Council gets his 500th victory. Everyone's celebrating. It's feeling good, feeling nice. Brewers looking like they're able to, uh, you know, get it done over the Giants over the weekend. And then Saturday happens, Rowdy, and it was obviously Al Garcia out in the outfield with one of the... <laughs> well, I don't even know. What, what would you describe that besides a gaffe? It, was, it wasn't an error. It was an RBI triple somehow. No, they changed it back to oh, an error. Did it, did it go from error to RBI triple to back to error again? Yeah, Sunday. They announced that Sunday. Okay, good, because that was like very egregious. How would you even describe that? What, what, he lost the ball in the lights of American Family Field? Brewers should have won 2-1 to one Saturday night against the San Francisco Giants in an exciting game. But instead, it goes to, what, 11 innings and Brewers fall. Well, okay, so the the error happens, right, Rowdy? Obviously, that's the reason why the Brewers lost. Like, you can you can pinpoint to that be like, if you catch the ball, that's Brewers win, it's over with. And then yesterday happens, Brewers are up, what, what was it, 4-2 to, was it four to two in the seventh inning? And then the Giants come back, belt homers again, who was a Brewers killer over the weekend. And then there was some bad base running by Eduardo Escobar, and then the Brewers go on to lose. I mean... How would you describe the series with the Milwaukee? By the way, good morning. How would you describe the series with the Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend? Besides frustrating, um, sloppy minor league baseball. Yeah, that's a good one. Since half the guys on the roster are minor leaguers. Yep, COVID running wild through the uh, bullpen. Well, here's the thing: in starting pitching now, but here's the thing: the Brewers, despite COVID or not, of a bunch of those guys shelved, they still should have won those. Brewers easily could have swept the San Francisco. They should have swept the Giants. Instead, there's, there's no excuse why they, they didn't the series. sweep the Giants. Sloppy mistakes. What the seeing mistakes? Does Luisa Urias have some kind of problem with throwing the ball up into the stands, Rowdy? I don't. He's trying to gun it to first. I base? honestly have no idea. How many times I've seen I've seen him do that like three times now. I have no idea what Luisa Urias is doing. So ever since they traded Orlando Arcia, we've talked about how he's played really well. Willie Adamas traded, you know. About a month, month and a half later, he's played really well since then. Yeah. I don't get that ever since they traded Orlando Arcia and they played him at shortstop, why he's got the yips at shortstop. Because he it, will it take feels that like, ball and he'll just wing it way over the first baseman's head. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's like almost every game that he plays at shortstop. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, how can you not just throw it to the first baseman? But when he's at second or third base, he's phenomenal. Yeah, well, let's makes let, no sense. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it either. Well, we have some time to talk about it today because we are here till ten o'clock from the uh, truly hard seltzer studios. So, Rowdy, let's go to Friday night. Let's talk about the good first. The legend of Rowdy Telez grows. What do you think of that Friday game? Yeah, so I I watched every single game this weekend. Awesome. Obviously, the Friday game was the game to watch. That was so fun. It was the only one worth watching once you uh, got the <laughs> final result. That was so much fun. A Friday night. It was freaking awesome. Rowdy Telez gets it done again. Comes in clutch for the Milwaukee Brewers as they best the San Francisco Giants. You know, start kicking off the weekend series. You're thinking to yourself, okay, all right, Brewers, let's get her going, baby. As uh, what was the score of that game, Rowdy, on Friday night? Two to one. Two to one. Rowdy Telez is up there to get it done. And then I don't even know. Well, basically, you got two really good pitching performances out of Webb and out of Corbin Burns. Yeah. And then 
as a as a Brewer fan, you know that the Brewers bullpen was locked and loaded that night because you had Boxberger and Devin Williams come in and and be able to uh, hit your eighth and your ninth inning. That was the ideal situation. Obviously, they didn't get any runs across, so they go to the extras. And in extras, you get to start with a guy at second base. Brent Suter, for as much as I do not like him, <laughs> and as much as he bugs me, hey, he, was all right. he pitched his best 10th inning that he's pitched all season. He did look good. And then, like you said, Rowdy Telez comes in there, guy starts on Rowdy, second base, Rowdy. hits it right down the line, Brewers win 2-1. to one. Yep, and that was just awesome. Celebrating, we're like, all right, this weekend's going to be really nice. Brewers are going to be able to uh, navigate the San Francisco Giants, the best team in baseball, no problem. And then Saturday night happens. And again, we got Brent Suter on the mound, right? Rowdy at the end of the game. Brent Suter going for what? His first close ever. And Makes zero sense. And we were all beside ourselves a little bit in our DM group because Brent Suter is, I find him annoying. I know Rowdy finds him even more annoying than I do. But Brent Suter, Saturday night, he's ready for his close. And Nelly was beside himself about him closing. I was very confused. RJ was very confused. We're all very confused, right? Well, here's the thing. It worked, though. Kind of. Yes, obviously, Avisel Garcia made an error, which I don't get how he makes that type of error because it's almost like he got lost on the warning track on where the fence was and where he was. He lost the ball. And and weird that that would happen playing in your home ballpark, playing in the in the right field where you play every single game. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't really get the excuse for that one. I don't get it either. It's not like Brent Suter was bad either, though. I mean, Avisel Garcia... I bet you do that that a hundred times. He catches it ninety nine out of a hundred times. So yes, obviously Avisel Garcia was the reason. But here's my here's my thing for the ninth inning. Why was Boxberger or Devin Williams not in in that a, in that situation? A great question. Is Devin Williams not the closer with Josh Hader on the COVID list? It's a great question. Uh, both Boxberger and Williams were used the night before. But here's the thing: they had Thursday off. They they can't go two games in a row. I've seen well, them both pitch. I agree two games with you, Rowdy. But I mean, Suter didn't. Suter didn't do anything bad. No, he didn't. It's just Avisel Garcia like missed the ball. But again, I'm asking why is Brent Suter in there to close just in general when I, you had your closer question. and your setup guy both available? And uh, I told you guys in the DM group, I go, "That's the baseball gods <laughs> crapping on you because you allowed Brent Suter to go out there and have a save opportunity." Yeah. And Suter would have got it if Avisel Garcia didn't miss the freaking ball. Well, then. Go one further in extra innings on Saturday night. You have nothing left in the bullpen. You're throwing uh, Perdomo and Romano, which we've talked about it before. Perdomo's kind of like one of of those arms where he's just up there to give you innings. And at this point, with how the Brewers have so much COVID going on in their bullpen. And now the starting pitcher. Perdomo went out there after Sanchez got hit hard, which Sanchez has been pretty good the whole season since he was uh, called yeah. up to the major league. So you, you just kind of write that one off as a bad game. But then Romano at the last inning where they gave up a lot more runs once, once let's forget, <laughs> let's not forget <laughs> Sanchez gave up three runs. He did have an error behind him, yeah. but then in the bottom of that inning, Willie Adamas hits the, or Sorry, Luis Arias hits a home run, then Adamas hits a home run, so you're tied again. Dude, how exciting was that, though? Uh, I mean, that was exciting, was it not? 
And then but once those guys both went yard and they tied it up at six, you're like, okay, now they got the momentum. They're going like, to win this go, game. Let's go. Let's go. And then Rowdy. they didn't score. But then Sal Romano comes in oh a guy God. that let's be honest. He's not a major league baseball player. He, he no, He's not. No, he's only on there because they have Sorry, half Sal. of their bullpen has COVID. Also, you're wondering why a guy like Sal Romano, who, kind of like the Axford situation, a guy that really hasn't been in the big leagues much all year. Why he is selected over, I don't know, other guys that the Brewers have can, used in can the I, past. Can I tell you why, real quick, before you finish, Rowdy? Sal Romano became the 59th different player for the Brewers uh, this season. Well, obviously, I think they're trying to like, crush the record. Obviously, here. watching Saturday night, if you saw it, they should have stopped at 57. <laughs> or 58. Yeah, 58. Because, I mean, my God, the guy just got absolutely smoked. Yeah, he's, and then he's bad. The Brewers didn't score. So, I mean, th- that game was just frustrating to watch. Yeah, the extras were wild. It was frustrating, though. I mean, it all could have been for, you know, Brewers could have won that game if Abisiel Garcia just catches a a fly ball in the top of the ninth. The Brewers win, but instead they lose in 11. Yeah, and after Friday night where it was obviously a 1-1 game and both teams had to dip into their good relievers late into the game, Yeah, you thought that you would have had the advantage, especially when Aaron Sanchez was pulled in the second in- or I guess it would have been in the third inning where he didn't finish the third inning. And how about old friend on the mound, Jay Jackson? When they had him out there, I'm like, the former Brewer? The former and then all Brewer? of a sudden, yep, no crap. The broadcast goes, yeah, Jay Jackson, former Brewer a couple of years ago. <laughs> but you would have thought that they had a, a good advantage once the starting pitcher goes out. You didn't, think? Even, didn't even make it two plus innings. And Woody gives you a phenomenal start on Saturday going yep. six, striking out eight. I mean, for the most part, locking down the Giants, but then it was... Then it all unraveled after that. It was the offense that couldn't get anything going really until, well, the extras. Yeah. And then, Rowdy, we have Sunday. And Sunday, the Brewers up 4-2 to two in the seventh inning, and then it all unravels. Belt hits his home run, who was a Brewer killer over the weekend, and they had their opportunities. I mean, Brett Anderson, what he went down with, what was it, a, a cramp in a, his calf? A calf cramp. Did you see him, a by the way? calf cramp. Yeah, I saw him. I was watching how he almost tripped. Yeah, walking off the field. Yeah, did you see him coming down the dugout then? He was like, yeah, he was like falling like he, over. He must be the most fragile person in the history of the world. I mean, he. I, th- I thought they were gonna have to like hold his hand and carry him off with this calf cramp. Now I've I've had cramps before, but my God, I've been able to not look like I was like the Walking Dead. And I know, I know, since they, I know, since they acquired him, we've we've always said Brett Anderson has had some really good success in his career when he stays healthy, but normally it's like a nagging blister or hangnail <laughs> it's always something or that's like so a like... hamstring or a quad tweak. It's something super minor. And you're like, what's that wrong with you? That always seems to linger forever. And now it's a calf, ca- a calf, calf cramp. cramp. Yeah. Like, it's uh, um, so and obviously he was throwing the ball well, too. He was. Then Curtis comes in and replaces him. Curtis gets out of, uh, gives up what, one run? And then he gets out of a bases loaded jam, and then the wheels fall off the bus of Daniel Norris. And okay, so Curtis has struggled a little bit since being used, but him and Norris have been used a lot, a lot because no one else is healthy or legitly a big league arm. Yeah. And in my opinion, I don't think Curtis has been that bad. Yeah, he's given up the grand slam to Dansby Swanson. But that was his first game, wasn't it? Like thrown in after the COVID kind of get the bulk. Was that his first game? Yeah, it was his first game. And he's given up a few more stuff. But also, if you remember when he's on the mound, the Brewers have had some big errors. Yeah, big time. But uh, Daniel I can't Norris, I can't defend Daniel Norris. Daniel Norris is atrocious. He needs to go back to a van down by the river. 
Daniel Norris is that's that's just tough. And uh, like well, he basically got Norris for nothing. Yeah, he's tough. like he's they tough. traded away a, a low level prospect that wasn't even coveted. No, and I listen. I can we take back that low level prospect? Can we just can we switch that back? I guess there's no one in the pitch anymore right now. Daniel Norris is tough. And they're already, I mean, we'll get more into it, but Adardo Escobar and the base running that was. What the hell was that yesterday? Brewers losing a frustrating one, 5-4. to four. They, should, they, they easily could have swept the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, and then obviously on Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon, Boxberger, he, t- he takes the loss after Norris really struggled. Yeah. Again, you just chalk Boxberger up into have, to having not a, a very good outing. Yeah. But... It's frustrating. For a lot of the guys, you can make excuses for, oh, this was a bad one, or they had bad defense behind him, or, hey, he's been really good this year. It was just his time where he had a flub. Yeah. But it's so frustrating when you're at home playing the best team in baseball, and you should have swept them. You should have swept them. Uh, We'll talk about this. we got time, Rowdy. We'll talk about what's coming up, what it means for the playoffs for the Milwaukee Brewers. Because if you look at these two teams, they – could definitely see each other in the playoffs. The Giants came out and capitalized on mistakes. The Brewers did not. What does that mean for the life of them in advancing far into a playoff run? And it also it hurts when you're playing with not even half of a bullpen. Yep. And so boneheaded errors. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of you had errors, half a bullpen, and just a ton of moving parts for the Brewers over the weekend. Yeah. Friday night, when Rowdy Telez got it done again for the Milwaukee Brewers, another one. Craig Council got his 500th victory. That was pretty nice to see, wasn't it, boys? Brewers legend Craig Council got his 500th victory. Rowdy, did you give the man at least a, a half clap or one clap? I don't know what half clap is. One clap. Uh, after the the TV set, you know, the game concluded on the TV set. Yeah, Friday I think night. once they announced that, I said nice, and then I clicked the remote and <laughs> turned the TV off. How about you, RJ? Did you give Did you give Craig Council at least a clap? Yeah, after he got his 500th I, I victory. Mean, absolute legend. Um, <laughs> did, one of only two managers to have 500 plus wins. Hey. The other one was Phil Gardner, who. During his tenure, I'd never expect him to get to 500, but I guess that means he was there long enough to uh, be like 500 and 700. I honestly don't know what his career record as the manager of the Brewers is, but I, I'd assume there's more win- losses than wins. Um, uh, let's. I have to. I'll have to get the research department on that because I guarantee you there is more losses than wins. Oh, I mean, there's got to be. be. <laughs> Let's get the research department on that and then we'll figure that out real quick here. Um I'm while well, that happens, I'm going to have Craig Council. Yes. Oh. Phil Gardner 563 wins to 617 losses. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot of And yet he a lot had of games. two more stints after the Brewers. <laughs> that's a lot of games. <laughs> uh what's what's Craig Council's total uh, record right now? 500 and 500 wins, 458 losses. Okay, all right, Gregory. Uh, here is the Brewers legends, as some would suggest and others would say, oh, no, not so fast, or oh, nay, nay, I should say. Here is Craig Council after his 500th victory. Anytime your starter gives you, gives you a performance like that, it, it puts you in really good shape. Um, so, you know, he, he was just on top of his game tonight, I thought, more than anything. Um, Talk about Burns. Just really with curveball. I thought his curveball was a big pitch tonight. Um, landed his curveball a whole bunch. And, 
you know, you, you, you get seven innings. Doesn't even want to talk about himself. Pretty good uh, to get through the rest of the game. Just want to talk about Burns. That's what he did. It was it was really well pitched game on both sides. Webb Webb pitched really well as well. Um, Look at Craig. But you know, I mean, our, our, where our bullpen's at right now, obviously, it's you know, the the, the more innings we can get from our, our our guys there, it's 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 going to help us out. C- come on, ask him the question. Craig, it hasn't taken long for Rowdy to uh, kind of reach folk hero status. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna find I'm gonna find when he talks about his 500th win. It's a six minute long interview. I don't want to bore you with all that. I I was intrigued about Rowdy Tellez though. Ah. But then Saturday night, Saturday night for the Milwaukee Brewers. <sighs> real real quick before we talk about yesterday, Saturday night for the Brewers. Rowdy Razor over here, Nelly, blames the baseball gods for this. For, for Brent Suter coming into close. Anger the baseball gods by putting in Brent Suter to close. I blame Abbasiel Garcia for it. Well, that's on you. I mean, but you, I was you an extension to... of the baseball gods. Yeah, well, how, for how badly he played that fly ball, <laughs> you, you have to put it on something more than just he misplayed that ball. So the baseball gods. Yeah, I mean... He's a guy that's played now two seasons with the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. Well, I guess a two-month season, uh-huh. and now so far April, May, June, July, and into August for the Brewers, which is more than a full season. And he plays right field pretty much every single game. I know he had played center here and there occasionally when they were really um, in a bind, especially last season. But... uh for a guy that plays right field and plays at Miller Park for over a full season's worth of games now, that a play like that is uh, pretty tough to see. So I'm still so it's I'm, the baseball I'm gods. It, I'm blaming it on the baseball gods and for them bringing in Brent Suter to close. Uh, one of our listeners, J. Eight Krebs, had messaged me Saturday night. He's like, "I'm not even mad at Avisel Garcia. It was just so so bad. It was funny." about how he misjudged that ball. He's like, it's just a comical error. I can't even be mad at him. Yeah, but that's what we're saying. I mean, so it's the, that's the baseball it's gods. It's so comical, something else was at play. Like, it doesn't even make sense how he could look that bad. That was bad. Yeah. They would have won that game, too, if it wasn't for that. Okay, you know what? I'll entertain it. I'll go with the baseball gods, too. I Thank won't blame you. Avisel Garcia. I'll blame the baseball gods. And I'm not blaming Craig Council on any other move he made the entire weekend. Except for bringing in Brent Suter to close Saturday night. So do you, is that why they lost yesterday, too? Because the baseball gods were still mad about Brent Suter coming out Saturday night for his first close ever? Possibly. Or it could be the fact that they had errors in that game and they had, like, nobody left in the bullpen. Yeah. Or was it COVID's problem for, as Rowdy just said, no one left in the bullpen and throwing the arms and Daniel Norris for being just a stinker? That guy's got to go. Or Eduardo Escobar's terrible base running, or Luis Urias from shortstop, like rifling a ball almost into the stands over to Rowdy Tellez at first base head. Well, what I mean, the hell that was. Just, just listen to the names for the Milwaukee Brewers that are on the shelf in the bullpen. Josh Hader, most dominant Never closer and relief pitcher Never in Major League Baseball for the last like two to three years. I already had some unsavory tweets or something. That's the only thing I know about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's down. From when he was like 12. Jake Cousins who, since they brought him up this year to the big leagues, has had really good stuff. I still don't think anyone scored an earned run on him. Really, really good. He's down. Yeah, he's related to Kirk Cousins. It's his cousin. Then they have uh, Gustave. He's actually thrown the ball pretty well. It's shown that he's had some good stuff. He's down. Then you go down and you see that Hunter Strickland. Out with each other. <laughs> Hunter yeah. Strickland also on Stop the IL with COVID. And he's a guy that, since being acquired... 
He's pitched really well. Man, just think of all the people you can jettison once these guys come back. Yeah. Hunter, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's four good, above average yeah. good, uh, good bullpen arms, and one of them being the best closer and, and most dominant relief pitcher in Major League Baseball for multiple years. They're all down. I'd like to know why Keston Hero is hanging out with the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, because Hero got the Rona, too. Uh, let's see here. Papa Pick on Twitch says, I Did think you that- mention Hauser? Yes. Yeah. No, Hauser. I didn't mention them. I was oh, just yeah. strictly talking about hey, the Hauser. bullpen. Okay. Eric Lauer's down, too, right? Eric Lauer yeah, has Adrian COVID. Hauser. Adrian Hauser has COVID. Those are starting yeah, pitchers. four-man rotation. She. Yeah, and then Brett Anderson's got a... Camp, uh, cramp. cramp in his calf. Yeah, Brett Anderson got a cramp in his calf, and then Papa and he could Pick, barely walk. Yeah, our guy Papa that. Pick on Twitch says, "I think the baseball guys have done enough by taking away Christian Yelich's ability to play baseball." Nah, I think he did that to himself. And then we get uh, Yelly. I don't even know what to do with that guy anymore. Drop him in the lineup because you can't. Just because you can still get walks doesn't mean you're the number two. So believe it or not, our guy Becker and myself were Jermichael Becker. We're texting each other. Uh, over the weekend because we were talking about Soon how... Soon to be Jermichael Bird. He's moving to the Ozarks. <laughs> how uh, Christian oh, yeah. Yelich was... He got the job? Him and Marty Bird are teaming hey, up. Hey, congratulations, Becker. Sorry, we're Brody. both eligible to be activated on Friday, and they didn't activate him right away, and then they activated him on Saturday, and we both actually came to an agreement, believe it or not, Whoa. that uh, if Yelich is in the lineup right now with how this team is hitting the baseball and with everyone that's currently on the roster, Ninth. there's no yeah. way that he should be batting anything higher than seventh. Yeah. He's bad. He's bad. And oh, mm. over the weekend when you saw him, when you saw him play, he still doesn't look right. Nope. Nope. He's, he's still he's taking he's taking good pitches. Mm-hmm. Hey, he got he, he walked. Can't, he can't hit the baseball when it's right there to hit. It. He yeah. can't. Hey, he if got a walk in, yesterday, and if then it's in the strike zone. He can't hit it. He and, got a walk, and then who scored him? Uh, Nervaya scored him with a home run yesterday. Yeah, and that's what we're saying. He can do that. Yeah, he, can, he, can he can get on base. He can't make contact. <laughs> and the other thing with that is, what the hell is he doing when it's 3-0, and oh, and he's Swing swinging away. away, and he pops out? Yeah. Like like a weak pop-out to shallow to the shallow outfield that's caught by an infielder. Yeah. Like, that's inexcusable. He stinks. All right. We have, I, I, I tweeted it out, and I felt weird tweeting it out, but I had to. Oh, I did see that tweet. That was a weird tweet. Christian Yelich needs to be sat. I need more Taylor. I need more Taylor. Yeah. This is first game back. Uh, let's see here. We got comments from Craig Council coming up. Talk about playoff implications of what happened over the weekend with the crew. Uh, line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, boys. It's Corey. How you doing? Yo, Corey. Is it still raining like crazy out there? Oh, man. This is wild. It's awesome. Heading down I-94 at 70 plus miles an hour. Now, Corey, oh, I know you're like, you're like a, uh, you're like a, um, you love weather, like meteorology, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, I'm kind of a weather savant nerd. So I give us. I ask you. Yeah. I know you're from the Dodger area, and you mentioned your brother lives down there. That was quite a tornado that came through the old Bosco Belt. That, I know. Uh, you see any damage off by his house or I saw or he he didn't say say anything to me about damage, but I saw a bunch of pictures on Facebook of people that had a lot of like there was a yeah. barn down, there was a house down, there was a lot of trees down. It was crazy. Well, it was over a thousand yards wide at one point, so that's over a half mile. So put that in perspective. That'd wow, be, uh, crazy! Open your pants, time you see that coming at you. No kidding, that's wild, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So, anyways, onto the Brewers. They're kind of like a tornado coming at you too here right now, aren't they? Um, Bit of a dichotomy this weekend. Like they, like Rowdy said, and I think this is where the annoyance comes in. You can see they could have, they should have, by all intents and purposes, swept that series. Yeah. And I think they would have with like a full deal bullpen, in my opinion, because they wouldn't have had Brent Suter out there, and you wouldn't even had 
fly balls going to guys in the outfield to make mistakes. So it's kind of like that cavalcade of errors and it just starts one after another. So the way I look at it is that they just have to muddle through this outbreak, quote-unquote, that they've got going on right now. And I think, I hope, they can get back to playing winning baseball. But the way you just said, Rowdy, too, with Yelich and what you guys are talking about, Evo, he looks completely lost. I, like, I don't know what's going on. Do you guys have any other theories besides no. we talked about I think we beat the scores to death multiple times. But, like, has there been any other scuttlebutt out there in the world? So, like, what people think is going on? I, or really not? It's just all what we've been talking about this whole time is, you know, is he gunshot of the knee injury? Is he just lost it? Is I, 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 I voted in that poll that uh, in pretty much every sport, I'm all about putting the best player out there and letting him deal with it because he's your best option. But after right. watching almost a full year of Christian Yelich at bats between 2020 and 2021, that's why I said give him a two-week minor league assignment and see if he can't get some confidence or something rolling against lesser competition because it's tough. It's, it is tough to watch, especially when you watch the same exact player in 19 and 18 literally crush balls that were right there that now he can't even hit. Totally. Hey. What's going on, Corey, I was going to ask you, man, so with the Brewers, you know, losing that series against the Giants over the weekend, and obviously, you know, I think we're all thinking the Brewers are going to be making the playoffs. Does this does this make you a little nervous about the Brewers and good teams come playoff, you know, action, as they Brewers can't capitalize on errors and the Giants do? Well, I look at it as a test, but you're right. It was just like, this is as close as you're going to get to playoff baseball. My father always mentioned this, like when they were back in 2019, like one pitch, one bad play. Like you looked at it on Friday, or rather Saturday night, you have one bad play, guy makes a mistake, you end up losing the game because you let a really good team back up off the mat. Yeah. Like you can't let the vampire kind of hang around because eventually they're going to come back. You got to stab them through the heart right away. So make me nervous if they were at the, the level of what they are right now in terms of, like, talent on the team. Yeah, I would be like, they're bad news, Bears time. True. But if you have your full, again, complement of, because you have Hader out, I think uh, Yandel Gustave's out. Yeah, Strickland. Uh, Cousins is out. Cousins. Strickland. So now you've got a bunch of has-beens that never will be. you got the guys from. Oh, this guy here on the list is dead. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Take them off the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, Corey. Some of those guys that were uh, in there, I think their careers yeah. are dead once their uh, stints yeah. with the Brewers are done. Yeah, I'm like, Del Romano, I'm like, wasn't he good like 10, 12 years ago or something? Like, John Axford. I mean, they're like, uh, they should have signed you up, Rowdy. I think you might have a better shot. I mean, you're in yeah. your mid 20s. Hell yeah. Get you out there. Hey, RJ, RJ said uh, he'd rather take a, a position player over Daniel Norris pitching. RJ, what about Rowdy over Daniel Norris? Sure. And not Talaz, Rowdy Razor. Can't be much worse. And then you can have a discussion <laughs> with Suter. You could be the new hype man instead of his look at me shtick all the time. I think that's what gets on my nerves about Suter, too. Yeah. Corey, a lot of look at me. If stuff. I was spotting the fastball around 70 miles an hour, I'd feel pretty good right now. Don't know what. Oops. <laughs> Hot mic. Bad boy for life, baby. Speaking of bad boy for life. The Milwaukee Bucks got a new bad boy. Uh-oh. P.J. Tucker came to bring the dogs out. And then they had to go get a dog. Then they went and got another dog. If P.J. Tucker brings the dogs out, and now he's with the Heat, but he came and bring the dogs out, what does Grayson Allen bring for your Milwaukee Bucks? Because he is now 
in the mill. Just taking those legs out. Grace and Allen, everyone. Did you ever think deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, if you know, in your heart of hearts, that Grace and Allen would ever be on your team and you'd have to be cheering for him? Don't have to. That's the best part. Hey, he's got the Bucks on the. It's all about the front of the jersey, RJ. Grace and Allen now got the Bucks on the front of the jersey. I kid you not. Grayson Allen, yes, the former Duke uh, tripping product, is now a Milwaukee Buck. Woo! It's lit. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, Nelly, you seem indifferent on Grayson Allen. I think he helped. I think he helps the Bucks. I think it was a good move for the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, yeah. Makes the roster better. Yeah, around it. So before I get RJ's uh, take on here, Grayson Allen. <laughs> Grayson Allen, who just completed his third year in the NBA, he had a career-high 10.6 points per game for the Grizzlies. He shot 39.1% from beyond the arc a year after shooting 40.4% from deep. This is going to be uh, this is his best you know year he's had. And the Bucs just traded away uh, Sam Merrill, a guard who averaged three points and one rebound. He was their second-round pick last year. And two future second-round picks. Grayson Allen so is now... going to have a draft where they have nothing? Um, eh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, but here's the thing: we don't need. Why need a draft when you have Grayson Allen coming off the bench for your Milwaukee Bucks? How does it feel to have someone who is so hated in Wisconsin now as a Buck? RJ, your take is what? Uh he's. Will he's you a, buy a Grayson Allen jersey? No, he's a good player, but he's a dirty player. If I were to buy you a Grayson Allen, we'll start light a T-shirt jersey. Would you wear it? No, Rowdy. Sure. Yes. All right. Well, RJ, I guess you're not. You're getting coal for Christmas. Yeah, then. Good. Well, you get a lump of coal instead of the Grayson Allen T-shirt. Jersey. I will wear that coal. I will. How much did you hate this guy? I mean, it's not hate. But How much did you dislike this guy? He's a dirty player. That that doesn't ever get away from you. When you flat out trip people when they're running full stride down a court, um, you're endangering careers at that point in time. As opposed to people who I've seen, well, it's just like having Brad Davison on your team. No, a cup check is totally different from uh, a I don't know he stripping is. down, in, the, in tripping somebody in full stride, endangering oh. futures with tripping people for sure, but also endangering futures as potentially Breeding. having children. Okay, some of the people he he made contact with. Do you really want them having kids? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now we're going down to eugenics. Yeah, All right, let's I'm go. I'm not into that. I'm not yeah. touching the eugenics of things right now. <laughs> but I mean, Margie, maybe I'm not going to say you have a point, but maybe you have a point. No, but okay. Brad, Brad, the Bucks will be complete once this year concludes, and then uh, Brad Davison is eligible. You know, the Bucks then can sign him, and now we'll have Grayson Allen and Grayson Allen Light. I think Brad Davison kind of resigned to the fact he's going right into coaching after this. Hey, you could have just a you could he, have a breakout. But year. he's he made it even sound like that. Like he's like, you know, when I'm done, I'm going into coaching. I, I'm pretty sure he said that. I feel well, like I hope I he's an assistant for the Bucks. Then you can really coach up Grayson <laughs> Allen. <laughs> See, I don't. Obviously, Grayson Allen had the game against Wisconsin where he balled out in the national championship game, and they didn't seem to have an answer for him. But I will forever, instead of remembering that for Grayson Allen having a great game, still the first thing on my mind when I think about that game is. Justice Winslow touched it, and the refs were horrendous down the stretch. Correct. Yeah. Grayson Allen is like third or fourth in line. See, but I'm not even bringing that up either. I'm just bringing up the fact that on multiple occasions, while people had a ball going down 
the court at full stride, he sticks his leg out trying to purposefully yeah. injure. And you can't tell Listen, me now, that's not what that is. Now that he's a Milwaukee buck, I think maybe he just his legs got caught up in the, underneath him. I don't think he's trying to do it. Right. Rowdy, I don't think he's trying to do it. Also, being a Milwaukee Bucks, a being a Milwaukee Bucks fan, middle of the game stretches. I don't <laughs> think cramps. anyone can argue with ah. a, a slight ankle turn here and there. <laughs> yeah, uh, aka Kyrie Irving, aka, <laughs> AKA uh, Trey Young. Young. Yeah, Chris Paul. By the way, <laughs> he tra- he turned his ankle too. Yeah, I mean Grayson Allen is a key off the bench. If you want, you need something to get something done. Maybe it's a little dirty. Eh, maybe if not. you need the tide to turn or maybe someone else's ankle. Hey, he's he's ours now. Now everything he does is, is yeah. not wrong. Everything he does. But this is no, refs just out to get him. No, come on. The refs that, just have to get him now. It's a normal basketball play. Let's see here. Brando Savage says, uh, the stats from last year are decent, but I feel like we overpaid in draft picks, and there are bad memories with him. I would love to, like, so Grayson, uh, everything you've done, uh, you know, you've, you're so well-liked from the Wisconsin Badger fan base. How does it feel to be back in the state of Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> Playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he also looks like Ted Cruz. Like I can't get, I can't unsee that either. Does he? Does he not? Does he not? Does well, not? Not, not po- anymore. Now all that politics Cru- aside, now that Ted does Cruz has not, a beard, not so much. But yeah, yes, before the before the beard, longer yes. hair and the beard. Does he not look like a young Ted Cruz? It had to be his son. I can't unsee so does that it. Mean both of them are the son of Sam. He's the son of the Zodiac. Or no, no, killer. no, the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. Zodiac killer. That's right. Yeah, I can't unsee that. Like I just hey, can't. doesn't doesn't Cruz hoop too? Wasn't there a picture? I think, yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah. you got to use hoop lightly, but yeah, there's like air quotations around. Oh that. yeah, old man rec ball. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> what else do you think I was saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Let's see here, Bob. Hey, Bobby, what's up, dude? He says only Marquette fans will cheer for him. <laughs> Listen, I it's I can differentiate what he did against the Badgers and you know other, every other team that you that played against Duke to now that he is. Playing for the Bucks, as our guy Solid Andy says, he's my favorite player on the Bucks now. Is that because we got rid of Sam Merrill? So that's what he makes it sound like. Not sure though. So Rowdy, well, Rowdy's indifferent if I buy the well, I think, t-shirt jersey. RJ says no. Yeah, not a fan of the guy. What if I make them station uh, employee uniforms? You have to wear a Grayson Allen t-shirt jersey I'm to be in the studio. I'm above your loss. Damn it. <laughs> we can say Rowdy. Well, yeah, of course, if there was a yeah, rule that was man, yeah, of course, if there was a rule that was mandated for the peasants, you'd be the yeah. <laughs> RJ'd be like, nope, not for me. Yep. <laughs> maybe it had a maybe if you got a polo, I'd have to rules wear it. for thee, but <laughs> not, not for, for me. me. <laughs> no mandate for me. So RJ, what are you XL or a large? You think I'm an XL or a large? That hurts. It depends. I'm a large usually, but some shirts I'm an XL in. Now. That is true. Um, it's like the t-shirt jersey. I assume a large. Yeah, Rowdy, large. large. I'm a large. All right, we're all larges here. We're all large and in charge. Mm. And we're gonna all get t-shirt jerseys of Grayson Allen. Okay, it's just what it's gonna be. I mean, overall, I think the move was smart basketball wise. I mean, giving up Sam Merrill, a guy that was their second round pick that really never played. On top of it, two more second round picks that a lot of times when you look at. Uh, the NBA and in, in the second round, you're just throwing darts anyways. I, I mean, basically out of the top 10, you're just throwing darts. Yeah. At least you got a guy who's good off the bench. Do I get to pick my t-shirt style? No, I'm go, I'm a, or all three. I kind of, if they same. have, if they do have an option though, I kind of want the bad boy graffiti kind of like the T plus one done. If they make a bad boy graffiti one, I'll get it. I will have, I will get us. I want a Grayson Allen. Like, like I want his face, like on the front of the shirt. 
It says like fear. Well, the... I don't think that will come on the jersey shirt. No, <laughs> could. I'll have to make our own. What's, Maybe they're what's, what's uh, doing? Up their jerseys. All right, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. So here's what we're going to do. But yeah, I think overall it makes sense basketball wise. You bring in another guy that can score, play defense, a little gritty, maybe pushes the envelope a little bit here and there. You need a guy to like pick up a couple fouls. Overall, maybe injure someone. You really didn't give anything up. I I like it better than Sam Merrill. And as a Bucks fan with having Giannis under contract for the next four plus years with that max kicking in. I don't anticipate to have good draft picks. No. And especially <laughs> and especially when you're talking about second round, now you're talking about some of the last picks in the draft. Okay, let me ask you real quick before I like to rowdy. Before we hit the break, PJ Tucker is to bringing the dogs out as Grayson Allen is to what? Think about it. We'll come right back. I was going to say bringing the trainers out. <laughs> we'll come right back. Over the weekend, Yesterday, the Hall of Fame, and I got to say, really good. You know, Peyton Manning getting going, uh, Megatron, Kelvin Johnson seeming like he's like maybe extending an olive branch to Detroit. But then there was Charles Woodson. (sighs) When it comes to free agent moves, Charles Woodson, Rowdy, is that one of the greatest pickups for like any organization ever? The Green Bay Packers especially. Charles Woodson, how pumped were you when Chuck came to put on the green and gold? Oh, obviously he was a great player, but I think a lot I think he's probably number two when it comes to Green Bay and free agents. Oh, Reggie White. Reggie White, one. I feel like for most Packer fans will probably forever be number one, right? I mean God told him to come. You have that story. Then obviously it was the first time they brought Lombardi's trophy back home mm. in like what was it, almost thirty years. Yep. So Reggie White, number one. I'll totally agree with that. I Charles Woodson got to be number two. I feel like the three three in my life that I've heard for like the big Packer free agent signings that they've had are in order. Reggie White, one. Charles Woodson, two. Julius Peppers, three. And unfortunately, Julius Peppers never got that Super Bowl with the Packers. He came close, right? NFC Championship game. He was the one that told uh, was it Hyde or Morgan Burnett, yeah, Morgan to, Burnett get down. to go down. And then the rest is mm, history. The rest is Brandon Bostick's history. God bless America. Uh, Brandon, not Brandon Bostick. No, not him. No. Charles Woodson, though, on the podium yesterday at Canton, Ohio. Very, very touching, man. Uh, First, I love this. This was absolutely awesome. Charles Woodson rocking the gold jacket. He's up there looking super fly TNT like the guns of the Navarro. He has this to say or sing. I should say, Rowdy. Did you did you catch any of this? No, I didn't watch any of the Hall of Fame speeches. I haven't heard any of the clips. Well, let me give you a little bit. Charles Woodson starts off his Hall of Fame speech by singing. Mama, mama, you know I love you. Beautiful. Mama, mama, you're the queen of my heart. His mom's sitting there watching, laughing. Your love is like tears from the stars. <laughs> oh, he's looking at his mom. She's blowing him a kiss back. I love you, Charles. Yo, Chucky. I think I lost a bet. <laughs> Little tears coming. I love my mama, man. 
There it is. Look no further than my mama to find out where I get it from. My passion, how hard I work, that comes from my mother. <clears throat> Charles Woodson opens up his Hall of Fame by singing Boys to Men's A Song for Mama. How's he stack up? All right, Charles Woodson. I not, think there was a reason why he played football. Yeah, I don't think Charles Woodson was destined to be the fifth member of Boys to Men. Yeah, no offense to you, Chuck, but you definitely you made the right path with football instead of singing. That's the Boys to Men right there, a song for Mama, which Charles uh, Woodson sang for his mama to open his Hall of Fame speech. One of the greatest moves the Packers have ever made, bringing in Chuck. Yeah, Charles, Charles Woodson ain't hitting those notes, Rowdy. He ain't hitting those notes. Uh, but what he is hitting uh, when it comes to Charles Woodson is really motivational stuff here. I want to play a little clip of uh, you know what it takes for uh, a winner's mentality, a winner's attitude that Charles Woodson, uh, Woodson excuse me, has. And he talked about it while winning the Super Bowl at the Green Bay Packers. Take a listen to what uh, Charles had to say. Now I need you to indulge me for a minute. My teams, Fremont Ross, Little Giants, anybody that went to Fremont Ross... Any player that play with me, please stand up. Stand up. Any Michigan Wolverine out there, player, keep standing. Keep standing. Any Michigan Wolverine, stand up. Any Green Bay Packer, past, future, present, old fan, stand up. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Real, real quick, Rowdy, do you, th- do you find a little... Uh... A little not strange, but nice that he said the Green Bay Packers before the Oakland Raiders. That's where he got his ring. That's right, baby. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan of the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. My coach Lloyd Carr told me a long time ago. There's no one bigger than the team. No one bigger than the team. The things we were able to accomplish. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up. (laughs) We did this together. Together, me and you. We were Mr. Ohio together. We were Heisman Trophy winner together. We were national champions together. We were defensive rookies together. Defensive player of the year, the year together. Super Bowl champions together. Hell yeah. I'll take that. So when I say that when I go in, we all go in, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Rowdy, we're Hall of Famers now. How's it feel? Charles Woodson just inducted us into the Hall of Fame. How does it feel, Rowdy? Do you have a speech prepared? I did not. Nope. Uh, I would like to thank uh, my mama. I'm not going to sing like Charles Woodson did, but thank you, mama, for believing in me. I'm now in the Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Andrew Brandt, who was with the Packers for quite some time, uh, tweeted out yesterday, after a month-long recruiting session, we signed Charles Woodson as a free agent in 2006. He says, I'll never forget his first practice. He was instantly our best tackler, our best DB, our best returner, our best athlete, our best leader, our best player. Truly elite player and person. And do you think, Rowdy, let me ask you, do you think the Packers win the Super Bowl if they don't bring in Charles Woodson? I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers. 
Well, I mean, think about think, think about LeBron. Think about one clip from that Super Bowl where you have uh, Kevin Green talking to Clay Matthews, saying it's your time Short to lead time. now. Short time. Because if you remember who went down, yeah, Charles. it was Charles Woodson. Yeah. So obviously that shows how much of a leader Charles Woodson was that he basically led that defense, helped lead that Packers team to the Super Bowl. And then when he went down, you have a defensive coach telling one of the young up and coming defensive stars on the team, you need to take his spot because we need you now. It's your time. You have to be Charles Woodson at the end of this game. It's your time. Absolutely love it, dude. Well, Charles Woodson, um, man, absolutely incredible. Obviously, you know, coming for the Packers and doing what he did. Uh, I want one more clip I got to play here from Charles Woodson. It was, um, you know, him uh, leaving everyone with some inspiring words when it comes to work ethic, life, you name it. So let's uh, listen to Chuck one last time before we uh, hit this break here. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up an hour and a half west of here in Fremont, Ohio. It's where I picked up my first pair of cleats to play this great game that we play. And I feel like it's so fitting that here today, I put those cleats down for the last time here in Canton, Ohio, and I walk into the Hall of Fame. I leave you with this. Be unique, innovative, learn discipline. You own undeniable respect. Love everyone, give everything. Never doubt. Build your legend. Thank you. We in the Hall of Fame, baby. Awesome. Totally awesome. As he walks off wearing that gold jacket. Absolutely incredible. And then afterwards, when the ceremony was all over, Rowdy, someone suggested that they all go in the parking lot and smoke joints. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I did hear that. Um, <laughs> hot I was like, mic. I was like, can I get out of that? Like, can I get there? Come on, man. Uh, really cool. I know uh, Peyton Manning had a really good speech as well. And uh, Megatron, he was had a phenomenal speech as well. It's just really cool to see some of those players that you you grew up watching get inducted into the Hall of Fame and all the passion they put out there and how emotional they get and the the you know the the trip and and the work and the preparation and skill that it took in uh, to be a Hall of Famer. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool indeed. And you look at the the class that was enshrined into the Hall of Fame and you go, man, some of those guys look like they can still play. I, I know, right? Um, well, obviously, Calvin Johnson retired early. Yep. And wasn't it only just a few years ago where Charles Woodson was, like, debating on a comeback? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, he was like, yeah, I think I kind of got the itch to play again. This was, like, three, four years. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was definitely, like, two, three years ago. Um, Even John Lynch looks really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys you're like, I can still see him, you know, getting it going. So uh, obviously pretty cool over the weekend. That was nice to see Charles Woodson, what he meant and means for the Green Bay Packers. Incredible. And then we had family night on Saturday. That was Sunday. Family night was on Saturday. Now I'm not really getting too uh, torqued up over family night. It was just a glorified practice, right? The the rain kind of cut it a little bit short. Not really. Uh, but still was almost 38,000 fans there, I think. Crazy. Calvin Johnson's 35. And you have to you have to be out of the league at least five years to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Wow! So when you retire at thirty, wow! Looking at him, he looks he looks like the, he had the weird like hair glasses combo. He looked like a science teacher kind of. But yeah, Megatron. What is it with the Detroit Lions and just wasting, wasting, wasting Hall of Fame talent? It is insane. Obviously, you got Barry Sanders. You got Megatron. I don't think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer, but I mean. 
dude's a damn good quarterback. If you get drafted, Rowdy, if you were to get drafted, is the Detroit Lions just would that be a death sentence for you? At least I get money, I guess. <laughs> you could go buy one of those houses for like a dollar, flip it. Well, I mean, that's in it's, Detroit. It's a lot of the. Well, look at some of the teams that are always consistently picking in that top few picks every single year. It used to be the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. the Lions, the Jaguars. And now it's the Lions with Jared Goff. But who knows? I mean, what team you don't want to go play for? Look at uh, how the San Diego Chargers at the time wanted to draft Eli Manning and refused to play. They said, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll play in New York. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Philip Rivers, speaking of guys that want to come back, didn't Philip Rivers just say he wants to possibly come back because uh, Carson Wentz is hurt? Said he's staying ready if any NFL team needs him. Staying ready. Philip Rivers. As he's coaching a high school football team. I feel like we got to get him out of the house, Rowdy. Guess what? He wouldn't be the first guy to come back and have a have a at least one good game. Remember, uh, what was that, two years ago yes. with the Matt Moore? Matt was coaching Moore. high school football. And then the Kansas City Chiefs had a ton of injuries, including Pat Mahomes, who was down for that game against Green Bay. He almost, he and almost, Matt Moore came in and played really well yeah. and nearly beat Green Bay. He was best of the Packers with Matt Moore, who was coaching high school football. We really got to get uh, Phillip Rivers out of the house, though, Rowdy, and get him back in the league. The kid, the guy's got nine kids. You give him more time around the house, he's going to have 10, 11, 12 coming up here. Can you imagine nine kids? I mean, he's he's around, what, 40 years old? He is he's 39. 40, yeah. He's 39. December 8th, 1981. I have it up this time. Well, at least we'll just say uh, his wife's probably getting closer to aging out. <laughs> That's true. I can't take much more. These hips can only bear so many kids. Uh, checking in on the Twitter poll at Zone Madison. You can vote there and you can phone it at 2 at 608-321-1670. Brewers, with how they lost their series to the Giants, does it worry you about a potential playoff and World Series run? Yes or no? Right now, 76% of the votes say no. Not worried about it. Well, Rowdy... Here's why no, right? COVID-19 is, um, there's a lot of positive tests, despite no one really having symptoms, right? A lot of positive tests happening for the Milwaukee Brewers, especially that bullpen. Now it's kind of in their starting pitching rotation as well. And Keston Hira has it. And also, if you go look at that series against the Giants, who are the best team in baseball, the Brewers easily could have won that. A Saturday night, the baseball gods were angry because Brent Suter came out to close instead of, like, I don't know, Devin Williams. And then the baseball gods were so angry that they made uh, Avicel Garcia miss that pop-up fly ball, which if he catches that, the Brewers win. I think 99 out of 100 times he catches that instead of just happening to be that one time. And then yesterday, I think the baseball gods are always mad at Daniel Norris, but also mad at Luis Urias for, I don't understand how he keeps bombing the ball over the first baseman's head. And then Eduardo Escobar with a weird base running gaffe. And I don't know, it's... Brett Anderson with a leg cramp leaving the game. So that goes into no, right? Why you wouldn't be concerned about it? Yeah, and and we know as as a Milwaukee Brewer fans, it's the pitching that has gotten the Milwaukee Brewers here. Mm-hmm. The starting pitching has been top six, top seven in all of baseball in almost every single statistic. And now for at least half of the season, they've been rolling with a six-man rotation. Then we know that the bullpen has been top eight currently in major league baseball for the entire season so far. But then when you look at it, you have guys like, I don't know, 
Josh Hader, only one of the better closers in baseball, one of the most dominant relief pitchers in the last two to three years. You have uh, Gustave, who's also on the IL with COVID. You have um, Jake Cousins, Cousins, Hunter Strickland, all of which have thrown the ball extremely well out of that bullpen for the Milwaukee Brewers since appearing at the major league level. And on top of that, you play multiple extra inning games. You have to use more arms. And that's what I thought was hilarious because I had the San Francisco feed for all weekend. And I was telling you off air, I was like, yeah, I mean, you can really tell some of these crews are pretty biased when like when it was Cincinnati and and Milwaukee, I had the Cincinnati feed and it was everything was pro reds. When Craig council pulled, uh, what was it? When Craig council pulled, was it Adrian Hauser? Yeah. When Adrian Hauser got pulled for the no, no. And the Reds broadcast was like, yeah, that's a great move. That's a great move. Yeah. As they're scoring (laughs) runs on the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. But like you can tell like when it's pretty one-sided or, or they're big homers. San Francisco, actually, their their broadcasters were pretty straight down the line or being like, yeah, that's probably an out here. But they kept whining and whining about how their bullpen was so taxed in this the Brewers The Giants series. broadcast was? Yeah, and I'm like sitting there going, well, what are the Brewers? And not only are they taxed after playing these games, <laughs> but they're playing with like minor league pitchers and guys off of scrap heaps. Yeah, what are we talking about here? The Brewers have like no one. The Brewers are calling up the Brewers on Saturday when Saul Romano made his appearance. That was the 59th different player the Brewers have used in a game this season. They grabbed a, a 38-year-old John Axford that was like a, almost a decade removed from closing games for the Brewers in the past. Like they're, they're running on fumes in the bullpen over the weekend. And that's why I said I really don't blame Craig Council for any of the moves he made other than bringing in Suter to close that game on Saturday night. Which angered the baseball gods. Which angered the baseball gods 100%. But no, I'm not worried about the Milwaukee Brewers because for the Brewers to be dangerous in the playoffs, we know that you shorten up your starting rotation to three to four starters. We know that bull comes bullpens become more important. And for the Brewers, they're dangerous if they just make the playoffs. They just have to make the playoffs because when you can trot out Woodruff, when you can trot off trot out Burns, Burns and Peralta. Peralta and even have Adrian Hauser on deck along with the bullpen they already have. And if anything happened, you have your fingers crossed that you have Eric Lauer and you have Brett Anderson as well. I mean, they're really deep. No, I'm not worried about their playoff runs. They just have to make the playoffs and then they're a threat. Yeah. um, And all these COVID things. Another thing is, okay, you take, take your lumps for a, a week or two, but you also give these guys a rest because we always know that you get worried about uh, blowing through your bullpen. We know that the the Milwaukee Brewers have used a ton of guys already this season. And what do we know is that once you get COVID-19 or once you have the antibodies or once you've been exposed to it, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be it's supposed to be extremely hard to get it again, which means in my opinion the Brewers are getting greased up for a playoff run yeah, because then hopefully be you're having your outbreaks now so you're not going to have it in October. Yeah, and hopefully early. The November. Brewers are just getting it out of the way. It's like growing up when uh, parents had like chicken pox parties. When uh, you know, it's like, oh, we need our kids to get chicken pox. Let's all have a party, get all the babies together. You're just getting it out of the way now for a playoff. Because run. what is it was like the the odds and like percentages of getting COVID nineteen again, like within like a six or a year span after having it, yeah, was like so extremely low. 
And we've we've seen we've talked about how Christian Yelich after day two said he was fine and he tests negative. Yeah, he even bought up, he went out and got a guitar, tried to learn acoustic guitar. Yeah, or all these other guys said, "Hey, we're feeling good. Like we're just basically waiting on the clock because of the protocols that Major League yeah. Baseball had." Yep. Which was so weird because remember, in last year's World Series, they allowed Justin Turner to play yeah, seven innings with play. COVID, then come back on the field yeah, with COVID. I remember that. And wasn't last year, wasn't there, I might be misremembering or confusing sports here, but wasn't there, you can get back on the field after so many negative tests in a row? It was like three? Yeah, something like that. Like, was imagine. That, was that baseball? Or, I, think I can't baseball. remember. That's why I said it. I might be switching sports here. But uh, imagine if you're Christian Yelich. Yeah, you had the symptoms and you had very mild symptoms for two days and you've been testing negative ever since. Yeah. Three straight negative uh, tests would have gotten him. I think it was football. I think it was. I think it was football. Three straight NFL. negative tests would have got him back on the field like in three days. Mm-hmm. Well, now but it's, that's that's the protocol that like, Major League go, Baseball has. I'm going to go pick up an acoustic guitar and probably learn like deep purple smoke on the water like everyone does when they first get a well, guitar. I think what he should be picking up is the tapes to 18 and 19 and watching those in... in Getting that in his mind and feeling good again and, and trying to duplicate that. Yeah, Yelich stinks. He is tough right now. I, I don't know what he's worse at, playing guitar or baseball, because it's both tough. But I think overall, if you're the Brewers, you might take some lumps here, but also remember that the Giants are a team that aren't overly beat up. Yeah, their bullpen might have been taxed, but hey, both bullpens are taxed, and you were right there to sweep them with the roster that you right currently there. had. We're right there. All right, I'm going to have comments coming up from Craig Council. I'm going to get to my promise on next segment because they talk about the series that was. Little mistakes coming back to bite the Brewers right in the ass. I can't. I can't see Daniel Norris pitch again. I just, I can't, I can't take that. I, think I don't an- want to see Sal Romano either. I think another thing you have to keep in mind here is the fact that, yeah, we're talking about COVID and those guys will come back, but how about the other guys that were injured and have been out for so long on the Brewers team that are all of a sudden getting ready or they're raking in, in the minor leagues on their assignment. Daniel Vogelbeck is tearing the cover yeah, off the ball bashing. in Nashville. Travis Shaw is tearing the cover the off Mayor? the baseball in Nashville. He had a two-home run game over the weekend. The Mayor of Ding Dong City. Then let's not forget about speaking of the bullpen that's been just crushed with uh, COVID. Remember Justin Topa who came out of nowhere last year that was the guy God, throwing Has in the, he even made an appearance yet this season? In the mid-upper 90s with the fastball slash sinker. Yeah. And then also had a good slider off that. That guy is, is hopefully they're saying should be ready by the end of August. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that you would think the Brewers are going to get even more ammunition in the next couple of weeks to continue to play really good baseball. Take your lumps now, or I guess if you're the Reds, hope the Brewers continue to take their lumps now while you play well and play lesser teams because the Brewers are only going to come back and come back stronger in about a couple of weeks. Hell yeah. I said I was going to get the Craig Council comments coming up, and I am a man of my word, Rowdy. So we'll get back to the relievers really quick. I want to talk about the Twitter poll we have going on for the Brewers. Do you want to finish up a thought quick? You oh, I'll like just say I saw the Corey Hart serving beer. Oh, yeah. Corey Hart he, serving beer. He looked pretty old. He looked really old. <laughs> he, he did look old. He was like, um, you ever seen that Facebook or that meme where it's, you know, this is at every hometown small or small hometown yep. bar. And it's it's the dad wearing like the affliction shirt with the bedazzled jeans. Yeah, that are bleached. That are bleached. And then the mom is there with like the, like the... <laughs> It's like a live, laugh, love T-shirt, and she's got bedazzled jeans too, and she's got like the, the that like multicolored hair. Corey Hart looked like the walking version of the guy in that meme. He got the bedazzled bleached jeans, 
And he had the, like the gelled up spiked mohawk hair. But my God, did I love me some Corey Hart back in the day? Yeah, well, it's not even back in the day, and it's not that long and, ago. And he and it almost looked like he looks like a decade older than what he should be. Yeah, he he used to look kind of like Brett Favre, right? Now he just looks like <clears throat> Corey Hart's not even forty. He looked he looks like he's like old. <laughs> Corey Hart's thirty nine. He that's a lot of gray. Oh, that's a lot of gray. <coughs> Excuse me. Did you know his real name was John? What? I didn't know that either until I. Next, you're going to tell me Rowdy Telez's real name is Ryan. John Corey Hart. He just didn't care for the John, the first name. What's your middle name? William. I'm, I'm Michael. All right. <laughs> Not that that matters. All right, here is Craig Council. Willie? Willie Mikes? All right, so, Rowdy, the Twitter poll with how the Brewers lost their series to the Giants over the weekend, does it give you concern about a potential playoff or World Series run? 80% of the vote says no, it does not. What's your from Craig Council about the little things when it comes to the Brewers losing to the Giants? This is a, an example of a series against a, a very good baseball team where mistakes cost you a little more dearly and you got to do just a little bit more to, to win games. So, you know, if, that, if there's a lesson from the series, that that's what it is. I mean, that's, that's not a lesson that you we don't know about. Uh, I think it's a, it's a lesson that uh, that's what good teams do, um, that they make you, they don't give you as much room for error. And more from Council about... The little things. You know, we we just had a little, a couple spots where we didn't make plays, or didn't make pitches, and it in tight. You know, the rest of the game we pitched pretty darn good for a lot of a lot of the games, but um, you know, it, it hurts you in the end. So, what you expect in a series <laughs> like this, really? Uh, okay, so that's obviously Craig Council kind of doing the manager or coach speak, kind of talking around things. Yeah. But basically, what he wanted to say was, hey. I pretty much got exactly what I needed and what I wanted out of my starters. Corbin Burns went seven flawless innings for me on Friday. We got a win. Uh, Brandon Woodruff went six strong innings on Saturday and had us set up in position for a win. And even Brett Anderson gave gave me five good innings before he left with a calf cramp. I got exactly what I wanted from the relievers. For the most part, the relievers that would be on our big league club without injury or COVID-19, they pitched well (laughs) outside of what? Boxberger gave up one run on Sunday. Other than that, the bigger name guys that have been there all year, they did their job. Where we really struggled was defensively, we weren't very good. And the the other guys that were in there pitching... They're a bunch of bums. <laughs> They're only here because of COVID-19. <laughs> because of COVID. That's what Craig Council wanted to say. Yeah, I feel him. Um, he goes, what was I supposed to do? This guy's not even a big league baseball player. This guy's not I even a triple A guy. There. This guy should be like a single A guy. I'm going to get the phone call in one second here. Hang on. Just got to hear from, speaking of Brett Anderson, who left the game with a cramp. This guy's always got something. It's like a hangnail or like uh, like a mosquito bit him on his knee. Now he's got cramps. Here's what Anderson had to say. Who's pitching well. About his cramping. Yeah, I went out there to warm up and couldn't get my left calf to stop cramping. Threw a first warm-up pitch and it kind of nodded up on me. And I was like, all right, maybe that was a one-off. And then every time I went to push off to throw another pitch, it kind of just balled up and couldn't get it to stop really. And so uh, it was frustrating to be, after the first couple innings, we're a little shaky to get on a roll there and be efficient and be in the lead. You know, I'd like to go deeper in the ballgame, especially with the depleted bullpen and stuff. It's it's frustrating, but luckily, you know, I don't think it's anything worse than just the cramps, cramps that I couldn't stop. I thought they were going to have to lop off his leg on the before they took him to the dugout route. He like I thought they were going to like carry him off a stretcher with how bad his cramp well, was. It's funny he's too. He's falling over. Because remember where his last start was? 
It was in Atlanta. Yeah. Where it was, it was really, hot. really hot out in Atlanta. It's like a heat index and of like 3,000. We played some post game clips from Brett Anderson talking about because he pitched really well there he too. Did. And he goes, Yeah, I kind of just wanted to uh, pitch really fast, keep it, keep it going, and uh, get out of there because it was really hot. <laughs> and then he comes to Milwaukee, which. Which isn't as hot as Atlanta, no. and it wasn't even as hot as Atlanta forecast was he's the, the following up. week your, where he started. Manners, dude. And all of a sudden, now he's got the, the cramps in Milwaukee. Uh, one more before I get to this phone call here. Uh, Anderson talks about why it's frustrating um, you know, to, to go out when the bullpen is so taxed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, guys in the bullpen that are in roles that they aren't accustomed to being and stuff like that, and it's, a, you know, who's down on a day-to-day basis or who's active or not active, but who's available on a day-to-day basis and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean... Like I said, that's the most frustrating part about coming out is, you know, having guys pitch in back-to-back days or back-to-back or three days in a row and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, luckily it was in the middle of the game rather than at the beginning of the game or something like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we'd like to have our stable of horses ready and available, but uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Hopefully they feel better and feel good here soon. All right, there he is. Uh, let's go to the phones oh, for the Razors. Yeah, yeah real yeah, quick. Yeah, 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 yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Council and Anderson are a little upset. I mean, Anderson only threw 63 pitches and he was through five innings. He could have easily ate up another inning or two without anyone really, uh, unless he gets bombed, he had at least another inning or two left in him, which would have helped save that bullpen. And we wouldn't have had to have seen some of those guys. Minus that home run from, uh, was it, uh, uh, who hit the home run in the first inning? Rough? Roof, whatever? Yeah, rough. Uh, Rough. Outside of that. Former Philly. Outside of that, he was looking good. 